2020. It feels like a long time ago, because a lot has happened, but roll back your mind to February 2020, and um, back then, none of us really knew what an epidemiologist was, uh, let alone how to spell it, and, um, and then they started popping up on our news feeds, uh, telling us about this global pandemic that was starting to kind of ramp up around the world and then headlines about this virus started spreading around the world and then New Zealand got hit and, and people started dying and businesses started shutting down and jobs started vanishing and lockdowns where people had to stay at home and it's sort of been kind of the you know fairly significant um, things of the last couple of years and then the toilet paper shortage hit and everybody went into panic buying mode, pandemonium, you know, like stocks were running low and nobody wanted to get caught short, if you know what I mean, um, with the toilet paper and other things. And so COVID-19 has really dominated uh, our headlines for the last two years. But there's actually also been some other significant events in world, uh, around the world the last couple of years that have happened. So Tokyo Olympics, they got postponed. There was that big Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, there's been um, a change of presidents in America, so Joe Biden became president, much to the annoyance of uh, the former president. Uh, New Zealand re-elected the Labour government with a massive majority, and then in the last few weeks we've had protests at our own parliaments, uh, extreme weather events throughout the last couple of years, and war in Eastern Europe. So there's been, there's been a lot happening, and when you look at a lot of those he headlines, they can get pretty heavy. There's a lot of kind of negative and depressing stuff when you read the headlines uh, in the news that we're getting bombarded with. So this morning I just very simply want to encourage you with, with a very simple tool, just, just something that will hopefully help you lighten the load a little bit and maybe cut through some of the, the heaviness of our world and, and maybe even give you a fresh perspective on some of the situations that you've been facing. And, and before I do that, I want to just remind you that not, not every headline that we read is necessarily accurate. Uh, in fact, there's been some very famous headlines who have got their stories completely wrong. So for example, uh, on the day after the Titanic sunk in 1915, Multiple newspapers, particularly in Canada, reported that there had been no loss of life. And it turns out there was actually 1,500 passengers and crew which sadly had died in that maritime accident. Or this one, 1924, it's a bit small font, but 1924, the New York Times printed an article saying that Hitler... Adolf Hitler was a changed man, so he'd been involved in a failed uh, coup in the um, German government, and he, had, he ended up being imprisoned for that in the early 1920s. 1924, he was released from prison, and the newspaper said he looked a sadder and wiser man. It is believed he will retire to private life uh, in his country of birth, uh, Austria. Well, that didn't end up happening, did it? Uh, 1910, this one may be a little bit sort of surprising for you, but in 1910, a university professor in America predicted that by 2020, two years ago, that Western women would find having children unfashionable. And so the only way to uh, keep up the population was to import children from France. I mean, I don't know 
obviously there was no other children in the rest of the world, but France was obviously a children boom, so that uh, headline was a little bit wrong. And then this one, this may be in some of your lifetimes, so I don't know if you remember it, but it was in a German newspaper. A German newspaper reported that ABBA, three of the members of ABBA tragically were killed in a plane crash and the fourth one was horribly injured. And then the next day, all four of ABBA got on TV to prove that they were alive and well. So you just never know, like some of those uh, headlines that we read aren't always true. Some headlines are technically true, but they're also really stupid. For example, China may be using sea to hide its submarines. I would think that would be a logical place to hide your submarine if you had one. Uh, this one, stats show teen pregnancy drops off significantly after the age of 25. Which again is technically true, but a really stupid headline. I can't believe this next one was printed. Diana was still alive hours before she died. It is crazy. Uh, this one in America, state population to double by 2040, babies to blame. So clearly, you know, a big change on there. Or this one is possibly a personal favourite. One-armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. Now some newspaper editors clearly need to up their game, but I do want to tell you that not all the headlines we read are true, and some of them are just downright stupid. But if you look at some of the headlines in our own world, uh, or even maybe in the things that are going on in our own lives, like I said earlier, there's just some heavy things that are happening. And, and we can't always change the situations that we're facing. But we can, with God's help, change our perspective. And God can help us change the way we look at the challenges that we're facing. And that's very simply what I want to encourage you this morning, to literally write your own headlines. So we're going to look at a, a, just a couple of lines from the biblical book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. If you've got a Bible, you're welcome to um, find that with me. But this is what we're going to read, starting at uh, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Now, those very short lines are just um, part of a much longer letter that was written 2,000 years ago, written by a guy called Paul, a Jewish man. And he was writing to a group of people who lived in a place that he had never been to before. So he was writing to the city of Colossae, and it was a city in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. Uh, and it had a, um, <clears throat> a very long and wealthy history, famous for its wool trade, so it was quite a prosperous city. But by Paul's time, it kind of tapered off a little bit. But he was writing to a bunch of Christians who had just established a church in this city of Colossae. And so he's trying to encourage them in their new faith. And he's trying to remind them of the centrality of Jesus. This is a really big theme in this letter. And he's also offering them some practical advice around how to live the Christian life. And so in these lines, I really hope that you can see there's, there's a tool, a simple tool, just to reframe our perspective when things get tough. So look at that last line there. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Paul's essentially advising us to have a mindset shift, 
Now, before you start to get a little bit anxious and worried, this is not some sort of like new age thing or some hypnotherapy where you can kind of just cleanse your mind from all the negative energy. And it's not uh, even the power of positive thinking. This is simply just the realization that with God's help, we can get God's perspective on the situations that we're facing. So let me give you uh, some, some examples from history, from the Bible, that might kind of help unpack this. You may have heard of a guy called Joseph way back in the, the very early uh, years of history. He was a guy called, uh, guy called Joseph who had some older brothers who ended up being very jealous of him because his father favoured Joseph. So the brothers grabbed Joseph, they beat him, they sold him into slavery, and then his brothers pretended that Joseph was killed by a wild animal, and his father was absolutely devastated. And you can imagine uh, if there was some media at the time, maybe there was like, you know, a newspaper or whatever, the headlines that that situation would come up with. And this is what I kind of imagined, feud rips family apart, because that's, that's what happened. But then years later, Joseph is reunited with his family, and it's very clear that God has actually been at work in his life, preserving him, protecting him, and ultimately promoting him in a series of remarkable events, miraculous events that cannot be explained in any other way. Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt, the most powerful kingdom in the world. And Joseph actually summarizes his whole kind of life story in this one fantastic sentence. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. And so if Joseph was going to write his own headline, this is again what I imagine, creatively imagined he might write. He might write something like, family reunited and restored. I mean, Joseph was able to look at his situation from quite a different perspective and to see God's hand at work. Or a few centuries later, the, the Jewish people were uh, preparing to occupy the promised land known as Canaan. And so Moses sends 12 spies on a scouting mission to, to check out the land and to come back with a report. And there's really two different headlines that come back from the scouts. There's the first group of scouts, and they say the land is plentiful. Famously, it's described as being flowing with milk and honey. But... The people there are huge, and the towns are fortified, and, and the soldiers are so huge that this first group of scouts say, we feel like grasshoppers beside them. And so this is their summary of the situation. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. So you can imagine what sort of headline they might write to summarize their situation, you know? Danger lurks. Land devours all, or something, something like that. But there's a couple of scouts who come back with a very different perspective. Joshua and Caleb boldly believed that God was on their side and that he would help them conquer their enemies. This is their summary. The land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. And so what headline would, Joseph, uh, would Joshua and Caleb write? Maybe something like this, God is with us, do not be afraid. You know, Joshua and Caleb had a fresh perspective, they had a full awareness of God at work in their situation. Maybe the best example of this is Paul, the guy who wrote this letter to the city in Colossae. 
And by God's grace, Paul was transformed from a Christian hater to a Christian proclaimer. And after his conversion to the Christian faith, Paul dedicated his life to sharing the good news about Jesus. He became a significant leader in the early church, encouraging, teaching, guiding people in the faith. But then there was this massive curveball that happened. And history records that Paul was arrested in Jerusalem. An angry mob had become upset that he was openly meeting with non-Jewish people. And so there was this riot that happened and Paul was attacked, he was beaten, and eventually the local authorities, in an attempt to restore order, they send Paul off to Rome to have a trial before the emperor. And so there's this massive change in his circumstances, a terrible twist. Paul has the most promising opportunities before him. I mean, on his missionary journeys, he had preached the message of Jesus, he had planted churches, he had performed miracles, he had helped so many people, and now he was stuck in Rome, under arrest, imprisoned, awaiting trial. You can imagine the potential headlines for this, right? Paul awaits likely execution. Or maybe one of those more sensationalist newspapers, Christianity is doomed. And it's a pretty bleak situation for one of the most committed followers of Jesus. He is imprisoned and he is immobile in Rome. But as he waited for his day in court, Paul reframed his perspective. Paul realized that his arrest gave him a captive audience. Literally, a captive audience. So he was under constant watch by the Roman guards. And the soldiers couldn't leave. They had to stay and keep watch of their prisoner. So he unloaded his best sermons on them. And I imagine that for two years, which he was in prison for, for two years, day and night, the soldiers were just here, sermon after sermon after sermon, uh, as Paul just went on and on and on about Jesus. I mean, this is how he wrote another letter at the same time to a bunch of Christians in the city of Philippi. He said, For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. You know, the ironic thing is the Romans thought that Paul was their prisoner, but turns out they were his prisoner. They had to sit there and listen to him. And Paul reframed his circumstances. He could see God's hand at work. In this letter to uh, other Christians in Philippi, he writes this, I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here in Rome has helped to spread the good news. Because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Crazy. So if Paul was going to write his own headline, it might be something like, Roman plan backfires, or... Paul preaches to captive audience. Paul could see his situation from God's perspective. He could see that God had plans and purposes in place, that he was bringing blessing and benefit despite the circumstances. And I think that practice that Joseph, that Joshua, that Caleb, that Paul did, that practice of reframing our circumstances, of seeing our situation from God's perspective, is something that all of us can do. Actually, something all of us need to do. The key is to set our hearts and our minds on things above. 
to have a, a positive perspective on our situation, to be conscious that, that God, is work, God is at work in the midst of our circumstances. And I, I probably need to tell you that having your heart and mind set on things above doesn't mean that you've got your head in the clouds. It's actually very grounded in the reality that Jesus is at work in our lives, helping and healing, reuniting and restoring, empowering and equipping. And if you look, you'll see there that if you're a Christian, Paul starts that line with, since you have been raised with Christ. You have this new power if you're a Christian. You have this new possibilities if you're a Christian. You have these new perspectives if you're a Christian. Paul says we have to set our hearts and our minds on things above. And we can do that because we have the presence of Jesus with us to see good in all of our circumstances. Recently I heard about a, a guy who was, he was just down and out. He felt like he had nothing left in the tank. And uh, so he called up his, his mentor, someone he really kind of looked up to and, and aspired to. And he said, look, could we just meet up for coffee? So they met up for coffee, and the guy just said, look, I've, I've pretty much lost all hope. So my marriage, you know, my wife and I were just sort of struggling with our relationship, and I, and I feel like my marriage is falling apart. And, and our finances, they're a real mess. You know, the bank's kind of knocking on the door. We're getting all these overdue notices. And you know, I'm really starting to doubt God. I, I just, I feel like my faith is, is slipping. And so the mentor said, look, it sounds like you've got a lot happening. Let me, just, let me just get this straight. Let me see if I understand what's happening. So the mentor said, so your wife left you. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. We're still married, but there's just, there's just real tension. Like, we want to make it work, but it's hard. And the mentor said, okay. So the mentor said, you've lost your job and you're unable to work. And the guy's like, no, 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 I'm, st I'm still employed, but just, you know, it's hard and, and the finances are tough. And the mentor said, okay, so you've, you've given up on God. And the guy's like, no, 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 I haven't given up on God. I mean, I, I, mean, I still believe in God, I just, I just haven't seen him for a really long time. And so the mentor and this guy were really good friends. And he said, the mentor said, look, because we're good friends, I hope you can see what I'm doing. I'm not trying to minimise your circumstances. I mean, the challenges that you're facing are very real. But I also see some real opportunities here. I see a couple who still value their marriage. I see a, a man who still has a job. And I see a Christian who still has a God. And I think setting our hearts and our minds on things above is simply reframing and refreshing. It's seeing those situations, seeing those circumstances that we're in from God's perspective. And if you're not sure exactly how to do this, then Paul actually gives some advice. While he was in prison writing to the church in Colossae, he also wrote a letter to the Christians in Philippi. And this is what he wrote to them. He said, Tell God, what you need, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. 
Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, in the midst of the troubling times that we're living in, in the midst of the, the negative and the heavy headlines that we read, this is really refreshing advice. God's peace is, is available to us. If we set our hearts and our minds on things above, if we see our situations from his perspective. And so with all that's happened in the last two years, globally, nationally, locally, personally, and with everything that's even happening right now, my question for you is this. What's your headline? And what headline are you writing in the midst of your circumstances? Maybe your headline's this. Young woman trusts God for future. Maybe your headline is this. Man finds freedom in forgiveness. Couple restores broken relationship. Woman volunteers at church, inspires others to serve. Workaholic rejects promotion, spend time with family. Mother's prayer answered, rebellious teen repents. Woman defeats lifelong addiction. Business owner helps the hungry. I don't know all of the situations and all of the circumstances you are facing. But I do know this, that God is writing your story, even when it doesn't feel like it. And God is hoping that you would see your situations, your circumstances, your challenges from his perspective. He is, he is willing you to set your mind on the things above, to not get stuck in these earthly things, but to reframe your perspective, to rewrite your headline so that we can be refreshed by his peace. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your um, hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, you are totally sovereign in our world and in our lives. And we just ask that your Holy Spirit would help us. Help us to set our hearts and our minds on things above. To trust you and the situations and the circumstances we're facing. To see your plans and your purposes unfold. And we ask too, in these uncertain times we live, that you would just refresh us with your peace. That we would reframe our perspective. We would see... Um, see the headlines that you are writing in our lives each and every day. In your name we ask. Amen. Hey, we're just going to close our time together by sharing communion. And perhaps the greatest headlining event in world history is the death and resurrection of Jesus. It was a pivotal moment the point in history where God changed everything, where he opened the way for people to reconcile themselves back to him. 
This is how Paul writes it in that letter to Colossians. He says, For he, God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now, I thought I'd be um, you know, creative and try and kind of come up with maybe a headline for this event. So I come up with a few. You can rate them good, bad, or indifferent. But this is what I thought. Death defeated. I mean, that kind of sums up Jesus' life and death and resurrection. Or love poured out. Or hopers alive. Or sinners saved by grace. Now, we're going to take communion. There's a couple of tables at the front and one at the back. And as we do that, as we take that little bit of bread and that juice to just kind of remind ourselves of what Jesus did for us, I also invite you to write your own headline. There's uh, some paper and some pens there. And I really just encourage you to kind of capture the significance of communion for you in a, in a headline kind of format. So when you're ready, feel free to make your way to the tables. I'm, I'm just going to read out some of the headlines um, that you've written because I thought it would be cool. Um, so this is how you've captured communion in a headline. Love, reminder, <clears throat> our hope is in Jesus, Christ is risen, uh, Jesus came back to life, even though I'm a sinner, God loves, God loves me, Jesus is alive and I, and I will be with him one day, trust alone, God's glory revealed, Forgiven fool becomes useful servant. Hope in life, hope beyond all else, and invitation accepted. You guys should work for newspapers, it's good. I think they're great reminders of what Jesus has done for us, what he continues to do, and what he will do. How about we pray? God, thanks for the sacrifice of your son Jesus, for his life, death and resurrection, to give us life, to give us hope, to give us freedom, to get us connected with you. And we're grateful that we can remember that, that we can share this time together this morning, uh, to be re refreshed by your peace. And we just pray this week that we would live out your truth, live out your grace and be